The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us today. I am really excited to have you, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the founder and CEO of Premier Law Group, Mauricio Raul. Mauricio, thanks for joining us today. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it and uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Listen, trust me, the pleasure is all mine. I, I was just telling you right before we hit record, love all the stuff you're putting out, folks. We'll hit it at the end so you know where to find them. But if you're not watching, please go and do so. Trust me, it's worth your while. Mauricio, we always like to start out before we get into the unsuccessful stuff your origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and uh, obviously what you're doing these days, which may be a little bit uh, more simple than some of our previous folks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from Santiago, Chile. So I came to the United States when I was 15, back in 1988. So you can do the math of, uh, I'm turning 50 this year, actually. I went to school here up at Berkeley, then decided to go to law school, which was uh, great. Did three years down here in, in LA. And then I did what most law school people love to do. They, I found a really great law firm here in, in California and just had a, a great firm, great culture, which is very difficult to find in law firms. But I knew it wasn't for me, man. I was, I was literally, it was a grind, right? I was in that rat race. Sure. I was getting up in the morning. I would you know, just get basically get dressed and get in the car and work, work all day, work all night, and that whole thing, hamster wheel. I'd go in on the weekends and I'd see partners that had been there for years and years. And I'm like, there's got to be something better for, the, for about that. Luckily for me, I came across these guys called the real estate guys um, who are obviously into real estate, which I was big time uh, into. Long story short, I uh, ended up going to one of their, some, some of their big web seminars that they had back in the day. This was 2005. And uh, I got into their program and was kind of part of their tribe really. And then eventually one of the guys said, hey, we're looking for a legal guy. <laughs> and do you know anyone? And I basically raised my hand and said, yeah, why don't, why don't I do it? It'd be great. I'll leave the law firm life, be more of a general counsel, which is what I was for many, many years. And that's really where I cut my teeth on what I do now, which is the syndication stuff. So the real estate guys back in the day were raising tons and tons of capital. And I initially was sort of the, the general counsel with the securities attorney that they had. But over, over the years, I got to, to master that subject and, and became their, their go-to guy. And then you know, I started my own firm. That was great. With their permission, I started my own firm in 2007. And um, kept them as a client and eventually sort of left their general counsel, kept them as a VIP client, but uh, have been doing securities work now for, since I started the firm in 2005 or 2006. So we specialize now in just in just real estate syndication. So I'm not, as we talked about before, I'm not actually a real estate attorney. Everybody thinks I am. I'm a, I'm a securities attorney, a syndication lawyer, so to speak. But as you can probably tell, I'm not your usual, not your usual lawyer. They, they like to call me the anti-lawyer because I'm not your typical lawyer. My good friend, Tom Wheelwright over at one of the rich dad advisors like to say, I'm one of the few lawyers that actually speaks English. So uh, that's yeah. always a good compliment. <laughs> if you can ever translate legalese to English, you're, you're worth your weight in gold. Yeah. So that's kind of my little superpower. I've just come to accept it and I don't, I don't hide from it. So I do have that knack of taking these complex securities laws, which they are, and just making them easy to understand, which sometimes is a detriment because people think it's, oh, this is a piece of cake. It's simple. I'm like, no, no, no. There's all this stuff in the background that's that you got to be aware of. I just, you know, the way I communicate, I just want to make sure everybody understands it. Right. Well, that, that's why you're able to do what you do, because you can take the complex and make it simple, but it doesn't make it any less complex. Trust me, folks, hire an attorney, Mike Mauricio. <laughs> it, it, it's well worth it. Well, cool. So we, we love their origin story. We love to hear the background of people coming in. 
I think yours is really unique. Obviously, you came from corporate world, made its way over to real estate, but through the legal world. So that's really awesome to hear. But uh, I would imagine with all the experience you've seen in your lifetime, in your career with real estate, it, it hasn't always been smooth. I, I would not sure there's at least one unsuccessful story along the way. There's a ton of unsuccessful stories. You know, the one I, you know, that's the most personal to me was really my personal story, which, which you know, has to do a little bit with the legal side, but it really has to do, which, which I encourage everyone to, to sort of think through, but it really came about just kind of setting up your business. You know, once I, I, as I, the end of that story, which I didn't get to was, was, you know, one, once I started my own firm, I was great. I was a one-man show, right? I was a mm-hmm. single point failure. And in the back of my mind, I, already, I always knew that that was not the way to do it because, you know, you've got all these clients, they're all relying on you. And, and if you get hit by a bus or something happens, then, you know, what's the game plan? And, and uh, you, you tend to think about it, but you don't really want to think about those things. And so you have a tendency to, to put it to the back burner. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it, whatever. And sure enough, about three or four years ago, I, I you know, had some, went in for some sort of semi-routine surgery that just got botched and didn't, didn't go right. And so I was literally out of commission for it's about three or four months in the hospital, all in, and, and basically about a year and a half for me to completely be out. And so what happened there, obviously, from a business standpoint is that there's, you know, it's, when you're a one-man show and that happens, there's, there's no revenue coming in. All of our clients were super understanding, but the reality is, you know, they've got closings to make and it's interesting that you're in the hospital and we feel bad, but we've got to cl- right, close right. the deal. Here, here's a gift basket, but we've got to keep going. <laughs> you know, I'm literally at some, some of these, I was like, working out as I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the hospital with IVs up and I'm literally trying to finish up something or, you know, whatever. So that, that was, that was kind of a trying scenario. And so when I got back from that and, and, you know, finally recovered, it took me at least another year to recover from that. I decided that that's not something that not only just for myself and for my family, but also for clients that there, there needs to be a plan B, there needs to be a team. And so what's been amazing about that story, which I also, you know, to be honest with you, I was, you know, there's a chance that I wouldn't have made it from the surgery. And there was a kind of a, a big thing that happened there. And so, I just said, look, if, if this ever happens again, I, I want to make sure a family's taken care of, but also clients, the clients don't have to worry about it. So I, I went on a mission from that point on to build a team so that it, nobody really relied on me as much as they did that. And if that ever happened again, it wouldn't, I wouldn't miss a beat, right? There'd be somebody else to, you know, in the firm to take over or some plan B. And so that's what I've been doing now for the past three years now and actually grown, grown the firm. You know, we just hired our 13th employee. And if that were to happen again, we wouldn't miss a beat because I've got, you know, got Bethany who's our managing partner. We've got a COO. We've got a, you know, we've got the whole team in place that you know, they probably would want me to go away for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I love the checks and balances and I, and I think, you know, as a young entrepreneur myself, I, I don't, well, I'm not necessarily young, but young in our entrepreneurship, you don't think about that kind of stuff and you don't set up those kind of plans in place. Cause you're just go, go, go the whole time. Yeah. And it's not till you have an event like that, which is unfortunate. But it, you know, oftentimes we're not reminded that we need to do those types of things until we're in that situation. Yeah, and you, and especially when it comes to things like that, and you're, you know, either passing away again, like getting hit by the proverbial bus, or or having some disease or something that goes bad, you don't want to think about it, and so it's very easy as an as entrepreneurs, we're constantly go go go, as you mentioned. So it's always putting it off till tomorrow. Well, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then one day you just don't get to it. So my advice, I actually wrote a a chapter in a book about this whole experience is like, look, just don't wait till tomorrow. I mean, most of us, I think most of us, and I know this just from the the legal side too, most of us don't have a really any estate plan uh, set up. There's usually don't have a living trust or they, you know, maybe they'll have a will, maybe not. And, uh, you know, because you're in your twenties or thirties or forties or fifties, you don't think about that. But 
get that stuff in order, get, get everything in, get in place. And it's not a pleasant thing to think about, but something that you really shouldn't put off. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, not only just from business sense, but from the personal sense, you, you definitely need a will in some, probably if you're anything in syndication or, or significant in the real estate, probably some very sophisticated estate planning. You know, yeah. You, you don't want to just be out there with a willy nilly will and go on legal zoom and just assume that that's going to work, right? Like yeah. you want a specialized attorney that understands the laws, local laws, national laws, how that's going to play and what you need to do to set up something that's going to protect you and your family for generations to come. Yeah. God I'm forbid a, that something happened. Yeah. I'm a recovering asset protection attorney as well. I used to do a little bit of that when I started the firm and as part of that planning that I do for clients, there's always, I would say every single person, especially if you're a real estate investor, should have some kind of an asset protection structure. But at the very top of that, you should have some sort of a living trust that really owns everything so that if something were to happen to you, you just avoid probate, right? So you don't have to wait six months. It's not going to cost you a bunch of money. It's not in the public eye. And it's just a very simple process once it's set up properly. Beware, it's there, there's zero asset protection value for that living trust, but it, it, it avoids probate. It makes life easier for your for your loved ones if, if something, you know, if you get hit by the bus and pass away, or, you know, what if you're in medically unable to, to make decisions? You need some medical power of attorney, you need somebody to keep playing the mortgages, have access to your bank accounts. All that stuff is is, is why you, you usually need a very good estate planning or a, and a trust in estate planning attorney, which I'm definitely not one of them, but uh, certainly can point some people in the right direction. Well, and I think that brings up a good point. You, you mentioned at the the top of the show as well about, you know, you're a lawyer. And I think a lot of people look at you and, and my wife gets this a lot too, is, well, you're a lawyer. You can do any lawyer activity, right. um, but I know, and, and I, I would love to pick your brain a little bit. I mean, you're, you specialize in securities. You're, you're not a estate planner. You're not asset protection anymore. You're not a real estate attorney, even though you specialize in real estate syndication, Please, folks listening, that is something vastly different, two very different things. Help the audience understand why it's important to find a specialized attorney that does the activity or specialize in the activity that they're looking to do. Yeah, it's no different than when you go see your medical team, right? You have sort of your your, your general practitioner that you got a cold or whatever. Maybe that's the first stop that you could. And, and, and you should always try and have somebody like that. You've got somebody, you have an, an attorney, they may know enough a friend, a family friend or something that he say, Hey, whatever. But most likely they're going to say, Hey, just like your general practitioner will say, look, that's a heart issue. Go see a cardiologist, or this is something else issue. Go see this other orthopedic or whatever those subspecialties are. It's the same here. I mean, I get questions all the time about contract law or real estate or estate planning. And the first thing I'm, I know enough about it to be dangerous, but really you need to go see the right person. And then even within those, just like a cardiologist may specialize, even all cardiologists have their specialties as well. And so do we. I mean, the the securities law realm is extremely broad too. I mean, the stock you know stock markets there, mergers and acquisitions, and all kinds of stuff. We within the securities laws really specialize in syndications, and even within that, real estate syndications and just really Reg D offerings. I mean, that's really a tight niche. I mean, we don't do any non real estate stuff. If you come to me and say, well, I'm looking to raise money to go buy a, you know, a marijuana business, great. Or if you want to go buy crypto, great. But that's not me. And if you want to rely on some exemption that's not a Reg D, maybe a Reg A or interstate or whatever, then that's not me either. So we're really, really specialized, just like any medical doctor, not any, but a lot of medical doctors spend that extra time to become really specialized and very niche and even a particular disease within that area of specialty. Yeah. Well, and, and listen, folks, the, Mauricio is right. I, I think if you don't know where to start to, 
if you're using somebody like Mauricio for, you know, Reg D services and he's your attorney, you can probably ask him on recommendations because the legal community is well versed with each other and they collaborate a lot. Uh, and a lot of times they have to, they are forced to work together on a lot of different projects because they do specialize in different things. And there's a lot of different moving parts between estates and business and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. start with your attorney that you work with the most, and they probably have a recommendation, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's part of really our services is, is we have a Rolodex and I think most attorneys have a Rolodex. And, and if I don't have somebody, I can usually find someone. I mean, you know, just in terms of real estate as well, you, it's not only are you a niche in that, but state, you know, I, I happen to practice an area that it's federal. So it doesn't really matter what state we're in, but some like a real estate attorney, you know, if you've got a property in, in Texas, it's going to be a little bit different than if you have a property in Arkansas or Florida. And so having a local uh, real estate attorney not only is beneficial, a lot of times it's it's required to some extent because the lender is going to require some legal opinions, and those are going to be from local attorneys, not not your you know your big firm attorney. Yeah, and some attorneys, depending on the state, are not even allowed to practice out of their state if it's not federal. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, if you're a if I'm a I can't practice. I mean, mine's federal, so I, I get to, this is all federal law, so I get to, it doesn't really matter what state you are. But yeah, if you're a real estate attorney in the state of Arizona, then it's going to be a little bit hard for you to start making recommendations or practicing law in a different state. I mean, you'd have to you can get licensed there, but you got to you know take the exam, pass the bar, do all that fun stuff. So yeah, yeah, and which it's real easy to do that, folks. So trust me, it's, it's <laughs> the bar the bar is no no sweat. You could study over uh, a weekend and be fine. I don't remember. I think I've permanently blocked those uh, those three days uh, out of my memory. My my wife says the same thing. It's just kind of a, a black hole in the memory right now. That right, you know, right. she did it. She passed it. She's practicing. That's all that matters anymore. That's right. That's right. So, well, listen. I I really appreciate you coming on and talk. I I don't think we often talk about enough. And and to your point, it's not something we want to think about. It's not an ideal thought to have, but having those plans in place especially if you're a one-person shop, even a two-person shop, what happens if one person is out short-term, long-term? What are the strategies and levers in place that you can pull to, to have action and take action so that everything continues to run smoothly? I think that's incredible to talk about. And I don't know if we are talking about it enough because we all just think we're everything's going to work out, right? Especially if you're a syndicator. I mean, just think about the responsibility you have for your investors. I mean, if you're the sole syndicator and you're a one man, a one woman show and something happens to you, well, who's going to make the decisions on, you know, to oversee all your investors' money? So you want to have some kind of a plan B, one of the reasons why a lot of people co-sponsor with others, which makes a ton of sense. But there are a lot of solo, just like I was a solo practitioner, there's a lot of solo syndicators and nothing wrong with that, but just have a plan B in case uh, something happens to you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you probably already have a plan B on or an idea of you've negotiated inside your company who makes decisions ultimately. Where does that that person where where can they make those decisions? Just as important to understand if something would happen to the other, how does that that kind of power or balance shift for the company to make sure you're covered moving forward? Yeah. Um, Risha, I can't thank you enough for coming on board. I think that's a, a great topic to talk about and one we should honestly be thinking about and taking action on. So I, I honestly can't thank you enough for coming on. For those that uh, want to work with you, want to learn from you, where's the best place people can find you out on the web? I'm probably the most active these days, as you know, on LinkedIn. That's kind of a platform that a lot of syndicators are starting to, to migrate to. So you can always find me on LinkedIn and on YouTube and uh, and the website, premierlawgroup.net. And you can always reach me uh, by, by going through there. Perfect. We're going to drop all those links in the show notes for everyone to quickly access them. Uh, can't recommend enough. Watch Mauricio's content. Reach out if you have questions. He's, he's fantastic, folks. Mauricio, again, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening and watching at home. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.